I think someone else might have to run this after party because I am just totally battered mind, body, and soul from my plethora of critical fails. There's multiple episodes where we got like 100 nat 20s in a row. This is not one of those episodes. Did we all roll a crit fail this episode? I didn't roll a crit fail, but I don't think I got above like a You got 15. like a two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three. I, yeah, I definitely rolled a, rolled a one, so. Nice. Listen, if you guys need a fail at some point, especially after the storm episode where you rolled 7,000 nat 20s in a row. Like, I'm pretty okay with it. I am. Yeah, I am we know paying. you are, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> we did get to see inside another city state, though. That's pretty cool. I don't know if our extended West Wing walk and talk joke bit is going to make the final cut. <laughs> I Probably hope not. so. I hope so. But we spent a good 15 minutes riffing about the West Wing there. I miss you, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe actually works in the Antopolis West Wing. You just didn't see him. You didn't see him. I want to go back to the episode. <laughs> we have to go back. But I just think everyone in this castle is lying. <laughs> yeah. Same, same. But they do too. So, you know. That's true. I was actually really surprised, just to cut to the chase here, that the representative actually wanted us to do the same things that we want to do. I did not anticipate that his conversation with Alonzo would go that way. And I'm wondering if like Jamie is up on the take on that. Like, are they working in cahoots or are they working separately towards the same goal? I don't know. I thought it was more of a like systemic, you know, the city guard has turned bad rather than like a couple bad apples, you know, doing weird things. But I don't know. My money's on Cali at this point, but I'm not going to trust the representative as far as we can throw him. Yeah, it was weird because Jamie mentioned several hooded figures who had done that. And yet Representative Shield said there's one bad apple. I guess in the guard, though there could be yeah. external collaborators. That's true. Oh, did he only say there's one bad apple? So that's what I at least one heard. Or someone. I was not listening to that. It was one of the members of his five are bad. In this specific instance, for what he told Alonzo, he does not trust one of his five. Sure. That was in the. And you know what that could mean? That could mean he doesn't trust Evan. It means he doesn't trust Jamie because he's not on board with the Blackfish. Exactly. Well, actually, the five wouldn't include Jamie, but yeah. Like, he just doesn't trust the person who's not sacrificing. So. Man, I should pay attention while we play. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wish I could have discovered more in the break room, but that just didn't go as planned. Oh, no. At least the, the sandwich wasn't gross. At least I did get a sandwich. That is true. Man, you were so close. I had so many ideas of how you could have literally cased that whole room. Me but too. your roles were just so trash Me that too. I couldn't give you anything more. I was like playing to my strengths and everything, but uh, sometimes the roles do not go in your favor. But that actually brings me to something that I wanted to talk to you guys about, which is justifying things that happen in universe. We've talked before about how when something happens, you know, something that the dice dictate, you have to find a way to make it make sense in the story. And part of that is when we level up, new stuff happens. Like suddenly I'm going to take half damage. Suddenly Johnny has a whole nother capability in terms of his invocation. So I don't know. What are you guys thinking about how as we level up, how are you going to incorporate that into your characters? When I play d and I always try to like not just you leveled up, boom, I can do five different things. And it's as if there's no justification. But sometimes that's what happens. Like with this Eyes of the Runekeeper, I can just read anything. I don't know how to justify that. We're so many episodes away from when I was in the 
library at Fidopolis. Like if I had leveled up to five there, it would make sense. I don't have a justification for it. It's one of the more gamey things that happens within D&D. I think we as a group have done a really good job of justifying level ups and new abilities within level ups through our actions, be it like learning how to grapple or getting the long arm of the law or getting the cowl and getting the note and finally meeting a representative of your guild or just like learning more about myself for Johnny or gaining the lantern. But sometimes I can just read now. Yeah. I can just read anything, everything, all the time, forever. Anything, I can just read it. I know it's cheap, but for like Johnny's character, you're magic and you get magic things from a magic plane. Yeah, but I get frustrated with that, you know, like because in my head, I have the, a reason why he got that. But I can't just decide that that's what's happening because we're in the middle of trying to figure out what's happening in Antopolis. I'm not going to just say, oh, I spend my time in a library and a book hits me on the head and I, <laughs> I suddenly know gravity. I, I am literature. And I just become a book. <laughs> yeah, just eat pages of a book and maybe you'll learn some stuff. <laughs> Man, I wish we could have learned more about those moth things. They sound awesome, but there is no way in hell I'm going into that dungeon. I just imagine a bunch of venomoths just swarming in a... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, hold two things. Yeah. One, the first first thing... I think that things that are fighting abilities, so we're talking about uncanny dodge and two attacks, I think that you can kind of justify that without as much gameness. I mean, you get better at punching because you're, you have more experience, like you've lived long enough, and I think that we need to acknowledge some game mechanics, some like video gameness. I think that's okay. It really doesn't hamper anything else that we do as a podcast as a game as a campaign i want you guys to do better at punching because then we can do better punches and then it's a lot more fun i mean level five i really think you become heroes you are better than other people at stuff and i think that that's dope and we need to acknowledge that you have been around long enough we have been doing this long enough that like Anara is really sneaky and she can get out of the way of damage and Tracy like will hit you multiple times with his axe. And Johnny can read. Yeah. And like, that's fine. <laughs> no, Again. no, no, no. But I, thought, you know, I didn't know you read Draconic. I didn't know you read under. It's like, neither did I. Neither did I. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big believer of not all characters should start at level one because characters have lives before campaigns. But the reason why you gain levels in campaigns is extraordinary events are happening. Mm. So it makes sense that we start gaining these new abilities. It's because like we're having a concentration of life events in such a short amount of time that you otherwise wouldn't get. The passage of time is not as important it's what's happening and i'm more interested in the three of our characters because we often choose not the most generic ability or spell or thing that would just do more damage or like get a skeleton key to like handle situations it's more fun the way we've been doing it i think but sometimes there's level fives where you just have to be better than everyone around easy done we can do that i think it makes sense for tracy like extra attack like he can grapple you and then punch you. That just makes sense. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about that since the middle of political party. It's yeah. you grappling two people at the same time. So, like, I want to see that. Like, that's, oh, it'll that's exciting for the action reasons, you know? Yeah. All right. And the second part of this. Oh, yeah. Guys, <laughs> in the future, if we get onto, like, some live show or panel and someone's like, hey, Eric, 
Uh, do you have any problems with railroading your characters? Uh, do you ever like really lead them down the path and to say like, well, this one time we went to the government and I put out a pest problem for them to take care of, and they decided to do political intrigue instead, which is fine, but I am not like no, I am not railroading my characters at all. What does railroading mean? Railroading is when you lay down tracks for your Aha. characters to go down, and it is impossible for them to go off of it. You know, it's like you're on a roller coaster, and like you can make flail your arms as much as you want, but the roller coaster is still going to go forward. Yeah, no, we're just always jumping off the train. Yeah, and be like, hey, look at this part of Pirates of the Caribbean. I want to talk to Jack Sparrow instead and do an insight check on him. And there's nothing wrong with railroading. Definitely certain points that should happen, but I appreciate that that didn't happen. Yeah, I really did want to fight some moss for a second, but like, I'd rather do the other thing, I think. But like, fighting moss sounds fun. I want to read the books, obviously, especially now that I can read everything. You know it's what they just... say, Johnny? Sometimes you got to fight some moths to read some books. <laughs> you know, Classic they saying. They do say that. Yeah. 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 Play with me. <laughs> Also, when I say that, believe me, it is my joy that things run off the rails. And I get to, like, reform the whole story. The story moves forward in a different direction. It's never a bad thing when I need to scrap whatever. And, like, I can lead a prize out, but, like, they don't have to take it. They don't have to follow that path. But, like, I need to at least do my due diligence and, like, give them a quest, you know? And if they don't fulfill the quest, like, chill. They're doing something else. And that's okay with me. And the podcast will survive and good things will still happen. Like, don't worry about it. I just want to say, like, it would be insane if, like, on my end, if the episode was, like, hey, we decided to do a different thing, so scrap the whole episode and all the work you've put into it. So, like... Yeah, no, I would die. Props to you, my dude, for, like, writing a thing and then being okay with just trashing the whole campaign. Listen, I mean, your choices make sense. I mean, if you don't want to go deal with the pest problem, something might happen. Like, what happens when you have people who keep eating paper and then hang out downstairs? Like, uh it festers and it probably won't be my problem. <laughs> yeah. We're here to deal with the water and the giant and the whale, and they can deal with their own pest problems themselves. Yeah, that's fair. What does happen when you just eat paper? Nutrition deficiency, I think. Probably. Too much roughage. Maybe they don't like facts. Getting One man there. can't subsist on facts alone. <laughs> nice. Thank you. We also met a new race or two this episode. So what? what is... Who is, what is Valentine? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, shout out to all of the patrons who I use their names. We have Valentine from Lucille Valentine. I had Holly from New Patron. Holly Ann Heckert. Bob the Scroll. Just I used your full name. Thank you. And Belto I got from Hans Buito. I know that I said your name wrong, but I changed it a little bit. And I appreciate you. And Wilkes is Deborah Wilkes. So thank you all for giving me names. I appreciate it. This all fits so well. Like, what up, y'all? Yeah. Nice job having cool names, guys. Yeah. Go, thank your parents for naming you great things to be used in a and d podcast one day. <laughs> you're going back in time. And I like, I appreciate Wilkes and Velto and Holly. Like, you're just like, oh, wait, that was me. I almost, I died. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Briefly, that was me. It's like, I was, I'm stuck to a giant. Nice, 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 nice. Um, <laughs> you are living on in memory forever. Exactly. I we'll bring them back it. somehow. And hey, in stone. See. And in stone. So, Valentine. There's a really, really cool race in Volo's Guide called the Kenku. The Kenku is this kind of cursed 
bird humanoid that has no ability to speak on their own and use their own creative decisions. Like it's all parroting. It's all mockingbird type stuff. So the way that the Volo's Guide suggests that you play a Kenku is that you are always speaking voices and sounds that they've like collected over the years. But being a player who can only communicate in sounds would just be terrible. Like you are stuck doing only these sound voices all the time. And thank you, Volo's Guide, for giving you the ability to play this guy as a player. They're really sneaky. They're really great for being bards and rogues and monks. But I just really wanted to have a Kenku NPC. And thank you, Brandon, for doing all of the sound design for this. I'm so excited. It was very fun. Is that the raven-esque humanoid race? Yeah, yeah, they look really raven-y. Imagine there's like a two, three foot tall raven, like human body with like tons of black feathers, but like raven face. And they always have like a hood or a cowl over their face. Yeah, I used one of those in one of my campaigns, actually. They were ahead of a guild. It would be really fun to play one of those races as a one shot, I think, where, you know, you can do it for two or three hours, almost like a like a MIDI keyboard of just, you know, you have this many phrases and noises at your disposal, like choose 100 of them in advance and have a grid or something like I would find that really fun. Oh, that is so cool. I love that. I mean, Gene from Bob's Burgers is just a canco. Like, that's it. Yeah. Just that's, that's iterating it. on other yeah. things that people say. I love it. All right, we have a whole mess of questions. Right, Katie Wright, which is Katie's delivery service, asks, do you all refer to your recording prep as pre-gaming? Should we start it now? (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking why we don't. Mostly it's because I just like stumble in here very tired on a Sunday morning or very tired on a Thursday after work and just kind of sit in my chair until it's time for me to recite poetry. Then I get into the game. See, that's funny because today isn't Thursday, it's Wednesday. That's how tired you are. Is it really Wednesday? (laughs) (laughs) I thought tomorrow was Friday. All right, we have another question here. This one's from Lucille. What will you guys put in the JTP Cards Against Humanity expansion pack? Something about lesbians, I don't know. (laughs) That's a good card. It just says something about lesbians. Something about lesbians is very good. Oh, the Queer Whiff of the Sea is a great one. Queer Queer Whiff of the Sea. That's very good. <laughs> the sea uh, is very queer. Mine would be Mr. Gargoyle is my father. Definitely needs to go in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like comma A. Just an A, just A at the, at the end. I think obviously Tracy would just be blank feels great. Or, or, and then Tracy feels blank as well. Ooh, you're switching it up. You're Ooh. doing two white cards. And then for blank was my father's name. Mm-hmm. Mr. Blank was my father. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like lettuce and dust. Would be a, a pretty good one. <laughs> Lettuce and dust sandwiches is very good. That's very good. Awesome. Oh, just oat cake. Oat cake is a card. Okay, oat cake, the beautiful dog we all love. The Assassin's Guild told me so. I wouldn't besmirch the Undying Light in any way, slash I can't think of anything. Blank be with you. That's just Catholic. Mm-hmm. Also funny. I'm going to do one more. This one's from Julia Shafini. Who? I don't know who that Weird. is. Weird. Sounds Italian. I do. She's Guys, she's our friend. <laughs> oh, she's on co-host of Spirits. That's right. Oh, shit. Yeah. I've known her since I was five. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> That's fine. It's a, I will tell her. It's fine. <laughs> Is there an archetype that you love but just haven't seen yet in D&D? How would you go about making it? So I guess, is there a class that you really wish was in D&D but is not here yet? Lesbians. <laughs> Your class would just be a lesbian? <laughs> yeah. Is that just human but just lesbian? 
No, it, it it's its oh, own yeah, distinctive. Yeah, yeah. What are the features of lesbian? Is it like a sub race for lesbians? Yes. Is it like oh, DPS? Yes. Is it support? Is it like range? It's are you like like throwing spells? Support. Are you like doing support. melee? <laughs> there's many. There's mommy with an eye. There's daddy with an eye. There's fuckboy with an <laughs> eye. There's stone cold lesbian. A ton of subclasses, oh, and yeah, then yeah, obviously yeah. you know prestige classes. Once you hit a certain level, you can oh, branch yeah. out. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. You sure, could be sure, an sure. eldritch lesbian. Oh, of course. You could be a high wizard lesbian. Duh. You can be a queen of the sea. Lesbian. Keep going. Queen Love of it. The sea lesbian. This there is more of a background than anything else. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it could be anything. It's an archetype. I'm all ears. I don't know, lesbians. I'd like to see. This is not funny. This is serious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Brandon Google story. <laughs> Very much on brand, but I'd like to see like a time traveler situation, like someone who plays with time back and forth as like weapons and stuff like that. Chronomancer. That would be very cool. That'd be cool. I really wish that there was, I guess, more elemental work done with some of the sorcery. I was literally going to say that. You were, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like it needs to be baked in the class. I mean, it's just kind of taken for granted that like you have all these spells and they have all these different types of elemental powers. I wish it was more like that half Genasi race that Mm. you see from, from Volos, I think. I don't know, it doesn't matter. But it's like one of your parents is from one of these elemental planes. You have like the spirit and like the feeling of that place literally baked into your person. And I wish that you could do that as a class. I played as a monk who was like part wind. Mm. And I just like completely destroyed the class and turned it into all wind related powers. Yeah. I guess my answer would be. Oh, like a pure poison class. It's all about poisons. Ooh. You're either throwing poisons, you're a poisoner. I mean, it's, that'd be really fun. I'd like to the, 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 rocket. There is a like assassin. Blasting away again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There is Play like an assassin like route you can take, like rogue into assassin into like poisoner thing, and you can definitely do it. Is that almost alchemist or is that different, do you think? But then you could flesh out the alchemist. That was the other thing that I really want. I really wish there was like a straight up potions master. Yeah. In some older ones, there's like a person who creates like siege weapons or is like a almost like a mechanic mechanic. type of thing. Or then there's also like just a leader. I can't remember the Mm. name of this either, but it's like if a bard was mixed with a warrior or a paladin where you're just like inspiring people. You do a lot of like formation building. I guess it makes more sense when you have the board in front of you, huh? Politician. Do you think politician would be fun? Hmm. Interesting. Just like real life, I don't think it would be fun. (laughs) I don't know much about necromancy in D&D, but I would really love a Sabriel style Abhorson, like a person with kind of dominion over death. And you'd obviously have to work with your DM to kind of make this work within the universe of the story, but especially the mechanic of using bells. And it's like, it's so rooted in physics to like use different frequencies of bells to move back further and further into death. There are actually several spells in both Xanthar's and just regular that involve sound and death. Mm. And so there is a lot of this. And I think you can go Fallen Paladin, or just like dark cleric mm-hmm. within and the one game. for the cleric, which just came out, is the grave domain, which opposes the blight of undeath. So literally, huh. just like the abhorson, or yeah. as close to it. Ooh, I have to read up on that later. Yeah, it's really cool. So wizards it. LLC, get at us. TMT, hire TM. us all. Wizards of the Coast, who created the game Dungeons and Dragons. Guys, we LLC. messed up. Pokemon Master. Oh, mm, shit. Pokemon Master would be pretty good. Wait, that is the answer to all of the questions so far. Oh, I want shit. to play in a Pokemon campaign. I do. I want a Pokemon archetype. I want to dress up, I want as, to dress Pokemon. up as Pokemon. My I want fav- Tammy and Taylor to be Team Rocket. Yep. My favorite. James will be Meowth. Yep. 
My favorite Thanksgiving food is Team Rocket. <laughs> no, it's those like those little sushi rice balls with seaweeds on them that they always eat on the show. When I was a kid, I wanted oh, those to eat are those so good. So those are real. You can eat those. I know. Those. You I don't get well, those in America. There's an emoji for them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I really want. Let's <laughs> see. You know it's real. Thus, it's real. <laughs> Alrighty, that will do it for our after party. We would love to hear what questions you have for the next time. You can find us at jointhepartypod.com slash contact or email us directly. Hello at jointhepartypod.com. You can also hit us up on any social media platform. We are on all of them all day long. We are at jointhepartypod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all the places you could possibly want to talk to us. And we hang out all day long. Not going to lie. It really is all day long in our Discord for our patrons. So that's like a chat forum where you can log on and post pictures of your dinner and ask for book recommendations and talk about what you would do if you were like a retired witch living in a village and could just kind of buy like a bookstore or a cafe or whatever. May or may not be what I was thinking about earlier this morning. Anyway, that's at patreon.com slash join the party pod. And for as little as two bucks per episode, it goes really to a great place and you're going to be able to join in that discord so we are so grateful for your support those of you who are supporting us already and if you're able to join we'd really love that a great non-money way to support us is to leave us a review on apple podcasts if you have an iphone or if you have itunes installed on your computer any kind of computer you can leave us a review just find join the party pod in the podcast section of the itunes store give us a nice rating say something sweet tell us what your favorite npc is that really does help us to find new listeners so we very much appreciate it I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. 